Welcome. This is jazz just the way we like it. My name is Alfonso Severos, and this is my weekly jazz podcast recorded live at Brick Arts in downtown Brooklyn, the People's Republic of Brooklyn. We play those classic jazz songs of the 1950s, the 1960s, the 1970s. Those songs I used to listen to as a young man right here in Brooklyn. And here I am now playing them for your pleasure. And also to introduce a younger generation to that fabulous art form known as jazz. We play these songs and we discuss political and social issues. I'm in the studio, as always, with my good friend and co-host for a long time, 60-plus years late, folks, uh, Lawrence Williams. Hey, Larry, what's up, good buddy? All right, what's up, Fonz? How are you doing today? I'm pretty good, man. I'm not bad. How are you? Okay, hanging in there, bro. Yeah, February's gone, man. This oh is it. Last God. couple of days of February, man. We're going to enter March. Yes, indeed. We got a leap year coming in this year. We got one oh, more it day. Is? Yeah, tomorrow is the 29th instead of, should have ended today, but this is leap year. Okay, folks. So for all you superstitious people, you know, I don't know <laughs> what it means, but go with it. <laughs> it's so funny, you know. Uh, these calendars were made up. Uh, the idea of the months, of, you know, were made up. People put all this value and stuff. You know, uh, I know August was, was added onto the, the calendar by Augustus, one of the Roman empires, because he felt he should have a month named after him. So he added August in there. I never knew that, man. Yeah, wow. Oh, yeah. So, wow. you know, uh, we, we made these <laughs> but, categories. But how powerful is that, man, that you have a whole month named after you just because you want it that way? Yeah, because if he was the ruling man on the planet, brother, with the biggest army, you can do what you want. <laughs> That's for sure. You know, you put your face on the money, you know, do, do what you want. Well, folks, uh, you know, we always start the podcast off with a, uh, a song that somehow is- addresses issues of social and political concerns and human rights and social justice. Uh, this still being February, we still want to dwell with the issue of black history and do something that uh, falls into that category. Even though I know, like you know, black history is all year round because black history is American history. Black history is world history. We got to start saying that, not just American history. It's world history because it shaped the world. All these folks in the Caribbean and all these folks in South America, they weren't here. It is the experience of slavery that brought them here. And it shaped all these places. You know, uh, it was just the indigenous tribes. And they were being wiped out by the Spaniards and the Portuguese. (coughs) Well, so anyway, in honor of Black History Month, we're going to do a piece called Middle Passage by one of my favorite poets. And I've done this piece before on air, on the air, uh, Sonia Sanchez. So uh, let's 
listen to and enjoy Sonia Sonia Sanchez on a piece called Middle Passage. And she is so creative in her delivery. So listen, folks, and, and enjoy. We call Middle Passage a country like America that's never said I'm sorry for something called slavery, something called enslavement, something called inhumanity. And the thing about being interdependent is that we remember and we never forget. But we move on and we say simply, I don't do that to people. Because I know the most important question we must answer in the 21st century is what does it mean to be human? What does it mean to be human? Middle passage. <laughs> I, 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 I am. <laughs> I, I was, I am. I was, I am, I am, I was, I am, I was, I am. <laughs> it was the coming. It was the coming that was bad. It was, it was the coming across the ocean that was bad. It was the coming, the coming that was bad. It, 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 it was the packing, the packing, the packing, the packing all of such and ships that was bad. It was the packing, the packing, the packing, the packing, the crossing, the coming, the coming, the crossing, the coming, the crossing, the crossing that was bad. It was the raping that was bad. It was the raping that was bad. It was the raping, it was the raping, it was the raping that was bad. It was the, the silence, it was the noise, it was the silence, no, no, no noise, uh, 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 silence, a uh, uh, noise, a uh, silence, a uh, noise, a uh, silence, noise, silence, noise, silence, noise, silence. <laughs> I am, I am, I am, I am, I am, I was, I was, I was, it, it, it was the boat. It was the boat. It was the ship. It was the ship. It was the landing that was bad. It was the landing that was bad. It was the landing that was bad. It was the standing. It was the standing on auction blocks that was bad. It was the standing on auction blocks. Blocks, 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 blocks. Don't, 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 don't. that was bad. It was the giving birth that was bad. Every nine months, 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 every nine months. I am, I am, 
Giovanni, not Nikki Giovanni, excuse me, Sonia Sochez, Sanchez, uh, Middle Passage. Larry, how'd you like that piece, man? Yeah, that, is, that was something else, man. You could feel like the traumatic, uh, the trauma that was involved with that passage across. Yeah. You can feel it like in the words and the, the cadence at which she speaks the words. Yeah. It is so powerful, man. I just, I just felt it, man. I just felt like yeah. what she was going through. 
I know, <clears throat> you know, if, if you think back when, when we were in English classes in high school, they wasn't doing poetry like this. No <laughs> way, man. No. You, know. you know, sonnets and that type of thing. That's yeah. what, we would, what, what, what we considered poetry. Man. If it didn't rhyme, it wasn't poetry. Yeah. Nikki Giovanni <clears throat> was so creative in her, her work. You yeah, know. yeah. So creative. Uh, I really enjoy her work. She yeah. was like one of the, one of the, the master poets, man, of, of the sixties, seventies, eighties. All right, man. That was our little statement on uh, social justice, folks. You know, we always speak on a topic, and uh, this is an interesting topic. I'm a little excited about speaking on this because it's pure stupidity. The president, ex-president, excuse me, ex-president Donald Trump recently went to the uh, Black Republicans Convention. And, you know, of course, he gave a talk with folks like Tim Scott, the senator from uh, South South Carolina, Carolina, Ben Carson, and other folks. And the man said, have the audacity to say this in front of black folks, and they were smiling and then agreeing. He says... I got indicted a second time and a third time and a fourth time. And a lot of people say that's why black folks like me, because they have been hurt so badly and, badly and discriminated against that they actually view me as I am being discriminated against. I'm being indicted, indicted for you, the American people. I'm being indicted for you, the black population. <laughs> Oh, God, I'm being indicted for a lot of different groups by sick people. These are sick, sick people. He said this, you know, then he had the audacity to say Trump said black Americans showcased their support from him through their embracing of his merchandise, especially the ones with the mug shots. My mug shot. We've all seen the mug shot. And you know who embraced it more than anybody else? The black population, Trump said. You see, black people walking around with the mug shots. You know, they do T-shirts, and they sell them for $19. It's pretty amazing. Millions, by the way. My God, how could you sit in an audience when a man insult you and the group that you belong to in such a way? You know, and you know, the, the, the sad part about this is that it wasn't emphasized in the media. If I was a, um, a political advisor to the Democrats and I'm concerned about Biden slipping in the polls with the African-American uh, population, this would be something I would have all over the place. I would emphasize that he, you know, he identifies blacks in, in indirectly as criminals, mug shots, yeah. outright lies. Larry, man, I, I, you know, I'm like dumbfounded by, by, by his actions. I mean, by, I mean, like, who's advising this guy? Who's who's writing his speeches? Is this extemporary? You know, is this just coming off the top of his head? I don't, I don't know. I don't. I, I mean, he can't be that stupid. Oh yes, he can. <laughs> or, or that smart. Okay. 
he knows that the, the, the black Republicans are going to be with him because they're all jockeying for a position. Yeah. Tim Scott want to be vice president because he know he'll never get to be president. And others want to be in his cabinet. Right. And, right. you know, and the thing of it is, I see Trump either picking his second or third person as an African-American only because he wants somebody to counteract uh, uh, Kamala Harris. Yeah, yeah. And he wants to dig into the African-American votes. And right now, Biden is vulnerable with the African-American votes, at least to the extent— I mean, I don't think—I mean, uh, is it Clarkson, the, the, the doctor? Yeah. I don't think that that, that would be a, a good choice for him if he picked him as— as and and Tim on the other one, the South Carolinian. He's an idiot. Uh, yeah, I know. I mean, he's like he's he's insulting him like right in front of his face. Yeah, yeah. You know, and he's smiling while he's yeah. You know. So the, <clears throat> the the black Republicans are going along with it, and and the white folks that hit, that support him is grinning and, and and laughing behind their back. So everybody's happy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the it's the thing, it's. The Republican Party, you got to give one thing to the Republican Party. They stay together. They do stick together. Whether it's right, wrong, or indifferent, they stay together. And they are impeding this country from doing things because of that, of the way that they stick together. Uh, Congress is a, is a joke. I mean, because they can't get anything done because of the Republican Party. Why don't the Republican Party try to do something, you know, besides just blocking things? Well, I just don't it's know. It's all about trying to maintain, hold, to gain and hold on to power. Yeah, yeah. It's not about policy. It used to be about policy and politics, but now it's about power. And, you know, the, we've seen that the Republicans are willing to do anything Donald Trump say. You know, they're, yeah. they're, they're, they're fighting against the funding for... Uh, uh, increased security on the border and changes on the border, something that's a big issue with them because Donald Trump doesn't want it to be resolved. He wants it still to be an issue in the upcoming uh, e e presidential election. Yeah, that's, that's, that's really... So they came up with a... The Senate came up with a bipartisan solution. Right. And it's probably the best that the Republicans will ever get and the best what the Democrats are going to get. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But he says no because, you know, he wants, he doesn't want Biden and to he have still a doesn't, victory. I mean, they still don't think that the election was won fairly. Yeah. They don't care. That's an issue. You know, it's, it's an issue. So, well, folks, that's our little topic of discussion. I don't want to spend too much time on this man because, I, you know, I mean, he's been sweeping the primaries, which was it's been expected. expected. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and the only, you know, I am looking at this man, you know, there was a big group of Muslims in Michigan who were a history of being Democratic but voted for no one because of Biden's stand in Gaza, and I thoroughly understand it. Yeah. You know, I... I. So they didn't vote at all? They put in no one. No, no one. Some, oh, you know... Oh, there was a right-in right right vote. Right-in, yeah. And um, I understand that. 
you know, I, I think it's horrible, in my opinion, Biden's position with Gaza at this point in time, man. You know, he, he needs to stand up and stop it. Yes, he can. You know, uh, you can't. But that's my position with, with, with Gaza. But I cannot stomach the possibility of Trump being reelected. So I'm in this situation where I'm, should I support a president who actions sort of violate my conscience or do I support a complete, I can't even describe, there's nothing that he does or done that I agree with. Yeah, it's, uh, you're caught between a rock and a hard place. With that, yeah, with I can't the, with see that. him getting back in office. <laughs> I don't think that that, that that is something that's going to be Based on what I say so far, uh, this country is about 50-50, maybe 49-51 or whatever it is right now. Uh, with that, with a, with a race being that close, but with Trump being slightly behind them, I, I don't know. I just, I just think it, it will be up to the independents well, yeah, uh, to bring to to kick this this man out of out of. Yeah. Out of any contention. The thing of it is, he hasn't increased his his support with the independents. It would have been much easier if Biden, the independents, have a problem with Israel on Gaza. Yeah. So if he if Biden can get that resolved, yes, people will still be mad for what he's done, but they'll feel less of of a problem in voting for him. Right. But right. if that comes into election time, there's going to be. Well, this in Michigan, a hundred thousand Muslims wrote nobody. Okay, that is that's significant. But and Michigan's a swing state. What you call him, Nayadin, whatever his name. Um, yeah, yeah. This weekend was saying that it's going to be resolved within the next couple of weeks, uh, whether or not they're going to have a stop um, uh, ceasefire or whatever's going to happen. It's going to happen within the next couple of weeks. Well, we'll see. He can't drive. He cannot dr bring this into the presidential election. Yeah, yeah. Now you know Trump says, "Oh, I can resolve it in a day," and I also can resolve Ukraine in a day. You know, please. That's just stupidity. Well, Larry, let's 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 get into what yeah, we yeah. do best, man. Let's get to some jazz, folks. Today's show we're featuring three artists. Uh, Luke Donaldson, and then we're going to play a few songs by the Queen of the Blues, Donna Washington, and then we're going to end it with some songs by Eddie Lockjaw Davis. But let's look at Luke Donaldson, man, and he was born in 1926, an alto jazz player. He plays a soulful blues uh, jazz approach. Uh, and he was heavily influenced, believe it or not, by Charlie Parker. He's from South Carolina. He attended, you know, Historical Black College, North Carolina A&T. Went into the Navy and was in the Navy. He was introduced to bebop. Interesting thing about bebop, Larry. I just came across some research. What's the singer Billy Eskine? Yeah. He got a band together way back before there was really bebop term and the, that type of music. And in the band, he had Dizzy Gillespie, Charlie Parker, 
Gene Armand's, wow. all these cats. And from that band, developed the music style known as bebop. Wow. Now, that's, that, that band, you know, it you know, eventually dissolved, and these cats went on in their own way. But that's where it really, uh, uh, you can give credit to it where it originated. Was it because of the, the dance? Did it, did it originate because of the, no, the dance? No, I don't no. know. Maybe the dance has sound. I think it's more the playing style. Okay, I know the playing style. I know yeah. that's what it became uh, with Charlie Parker. But I think originally it had to do with how, how the dance, how they were yeah, dancing. Yeah, they, they were uh, the band, but it was Billy Eskine's band. band. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, Lou Donaldson was influenced by Charlie Parker. You know, and not only was he influenced by Charlie, this guy played around, man. In the 50s, he was playing with Milt Jackson, Theolonious Monk. Uh, he played with Blue Mitchell and Horace Silver. In 1953, he played with uh, uh, Clifford Brown, Philly Joe Jones, uh, and York Blakeley. He was on a famous recording in 1954 called The Night at Birdland. Uh he has played a long time, and in 2018, he retired. I'm not sure if he's still alive, but I know in 2021, he made an appearance at his 95th birthday uh, right here in New York City. So let's listen to do Blue, uh, Lou Donaldson, and uh, here's a piece he did called Blues Walk, Lou Donaldson.
That's Blues Walk, Lou Donaldson, uh, on, uh, recorded in 1958 on the Blue Note uh, with this soulful, uh, jazzy tune. Larry, how'd you like that piece? Yeah, I, I, Lou Donaldson always uh, reminds me a little bit of Stanley Turrentine and, and that, that sweet yeah. type of jazz that, yeah. you know, it's like so smooth and like, so with ease, you know, it's just, mm-hmm. just, just relaxing. Just the, yeah. You know, yeah, 1958, man, they were playing that like that way, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, here's a comparison, folks. This next piece by Lou Donaldson was recorded at a jazz festival in Germany in the year 2000. And he had playing with him uh, Dr. Lonnie Liston-Smith. Ooh. And this is called, I like the title of this, Whiskey Drinking Woman. <laughs> okay. And he, you know, he does a little singing with that too. Here's Lou Donaldson and Dr. Lonnie Liston Smith, Whiskey Drinking Woman, recorded in the year 2000. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. We're going to play a little tune right now that was made famous by the great Miles Davis. Before the rain came. <laughs> now I'll tell you what, we're going to change this tune. We're going to play a little soul music so the rain will stop.
what we're doing now. This is some tough music. The blues tells a sad story. we like to tell you tonight about a young man who married a woman too quick. He waited seven days. He didn't even check it out. When he finally married this woman, he found out he didn't even like her. Not only didn't he love her. Came by to tell me the story, it was so sad. I thought I would write a little song about it. So I sat down and in a couple of days, here's what I came up with. <laughs> whiskey drinking woman she drinks whiskey all the time 100 proof without a chaser yes she's a whiskey drinking woman she drinks whiskey all the time yes but I love that woman because she's mine, oh mine, oh mine. She drinks whiskey every morning. She drinks whiskey every night. She drinks whiskey when we love it. Woo! 
She drinks whiskey when we fight. She's a whiskey drinking woman. Drinks whiskey all the time. Yes, but I love that woman because she's mine, oh mine, oh mine. The day that we got married, she was all dressed in white. I told her when the preacher comes, keep that bottle out of sight. But she was a whiskey drinking woman. Had to have that whiskey all the time. Yes, but I love that woman. Because she's mine, oh mine, oh mine. She puts whiskey in her cornflakes. She puts whiskey in her beer. She can't stand strong perfume, so she puts whiskey behind her ear. Yeah, she's a whiskey drinking woman. Drinks whiskey all the time. Yes, but I love that woman Because she's mine, oh mine, oh mine She puts whiskey in her coffee She puts whiskey in her tea She puts whiskey in her whiskey And she puts the rest of it in the meat She's a whiskey drinking woman. Drinks whiskey all the time. Yes, but I love that woman. Because she's mine, oh mine, oh mine. That was uh, Lou Donaldson on alto sax, Dr. Lonnie Smith on organ, Randy Johnson on guitar, and Danny Berger on the drums. Whiskey drinking woman. Larry. (laughs) That was really cool. (laughs) The words to that is just, oh, man, that is definitely the blues there. Oh, yeah. Oh, man, the way he put it across. Wow. I like that. That oh, was yeah, really man. good. <laughs> Lou. Lou. Yeah, yeah, man. And, you know, that blues, man, that blues, uh, we got a long history with that, brother. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, but, you know, Lou Donaldson played, man. He was a, he's a good sax play, player, man. Oh, yeah. Oh, there, there's no two ways about it. But but that really, I mean, that shows like his, uh, you know, that uh, the versity he was able to 
go bebop, go blues. Oh yeah, he could he could play either one, and then have have a voice to go along with it. Oh yeah, that is all good, man. That is all good. Oh, I mean, you expanded my knowledge of him, but I didn't know that he did blues uh, well, as well. well. Well, let's let's expand it a little more, man. Here's another piece he did. Lou Donaldson and his group that he recorded in 1959 for Blue Note called Lightfoot. And this is, uh, he takes it in another direction.
that's uh that's uh, Lou Donaldson on uh alto sax uh Peck Morrison on bass Jimmy Wormworth on drums Herman Foster was on the uh piano and before, believe it or not folks Ray Barreto was on congas oh wow <laughs> and you can hear the influence of uh, Charlie Parker. Oh my God! It was so. I, that's what I was thinking. I said, "It was the notes. So many notes were, yeah. were and, and at such speed." Yeah. And I, yeah, that's definite bebop. That definitely Charlie Parker's influence right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was really good, really good. I didn't know like he played that well. I mean, I knew he played well, but to have that, you know, that yeah. dexterity with the fingers, man. That's a gift, and not oh, yeah, a lot of people can do that. You know, that was a lot of notes that he was playing in between uh, each one of those bars. Yeah, man. He, it was a point in time where he was influenced by Charlie Parker and playing in that style. Yeah. And then another point in time where he played uh, more soulful, bluesy jazz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just that wide, di you know, diversity of music presentation. Yeah. And he recorded a lot, and recorded with a lot with a lot of people. Lou Donaldson. Yeah. Yeah, he was. You know? Yeah, he was different, man. Oh yeah, brother. Yeah, he was oh, different. Oh yeah. yeah, nice, yeah. nice listening to. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So let's break it up a little bit, man, and get some voices. Here's a lady that was known as Queen of the Blues, Dinah Washington, man. Wow. You know, most people don't realize that she didn't live that long. She died at 39. She was born in August 1924, and she died in. December 1963. But she was one of the most popular black female recording artists in the 1960s. Uh, and we're going to play two of her uh, big hits. This is uh, Donna Washington. What a difference a day made. <laughs> What a difference a day made Twenty-four little hours What the sun and the flowers Yesterday was blue, dear Today I'm a part of you, dear My lonely nights are through, dear Since you said you were mine A day makes There's a rainbow before me Skies above can't be stormy Since that moment of bliss That 
on your menu What a difference a day made And the difference is you Larry, how'd you like Dinah? Oh man, Dinah's always <laughs> she's so smooth, uh, sultry. I guess the word is. Yeah. Uh, music is. Oh man, she has such a great voice. She was really popular in the fifties. Did you she know, have her own TV show at one point? What was I'm that? I'm not sure. No, maybe it was someone else. Yeah, she might. Well, have. No, it was Sarah Vaughan. Maybe I, one no, of the two. Of no, them. it wasn't Sarah Vaughan. Sarah Vaughan was. I think it might have been Dinah Washington. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She was a, she can sing, you know, because she was able to sing a variety of styles. I mean, you know, from blues to R&B, traditional song, and little jazzy stuff. Yeah. She had, and her voice is so clear, so yes. clear. Yes. Uh, we got to play one more of her very popular pieces, and this is called Cry Me a River, Dinah Washington. You want me to sound like Julie London? <laughs> no, sound like Dinah Washington. Would you rather me sound like Lady? I'd like you to sound like Dinah Washington. I could sound like Spokane Washington. I, I'd like you to sound like Dinah Washington. <laughs> Crying over you. 
Wow, Larry, how'd you like that piece? That was good. That was really good. Yeah, I, I think she probably does one of the best renditions of Crimea River that I've ever heard. Yeah, um, wow, it was really, really tremendous. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, we know we threw a little bit of diner in there, folks, just to keep you on your toes. Uh, <laughs> now we're going to go into our third artist, a guy named Eddie Davis. You may know him as Eddie Lockjaw Davis, born in 1922 and passed in 1986. Tenor sax player. Uh, he played swing, bop, hard bop, even Latin jazz, and some soul jazz. Uh, and some of his recordings in the 1940s were classified as uh, rhythm and blues. 1950s, he played with Sonny Stiff. Uh, in the mid-50s, he did a lot of recordings with Shirley Scott on the organ, some great pieces. He died at the age of 64. Now, here's a, uh, a song you should know, uh, a Duke Ellington song, Take the A-Train. But it's done by Lonnie. It's done by uh, Eddie Lockjaw Davis. Take the A-Train. <laughs> Thank you. 
was Eddie Lockjaw Davis, man, smoking with some hot sauce, Larry. Them yes, indeed, buddy. <laughs> How'd you like that piece, that man? That was beautiful, man. It was so, oh, man. He played uh, that sax, man. Man, he played the hell out of that sax, man. Yeah, buddy. He was, <laughs> he was, he was playing some sax, some tenor sax, man. Yeah, yep, that's for sure. Eddie Lockjaw Davis, folks. Uh, I, I, I mentioned that he did a lot of recordings with Shirley Scott, so here's a piece with him and Shirley Scott, and it's called Cooking with Jaws. Well, of course, he was that was his nickname because he was called Eddie Lock Jaws, and Shirley Scott was the queen of the organ, so it's Cooking with Jaws and the Queen, and this is a, a piece called Heat and Serve. So I guess they go heat it up and serve it to us. <laughs>
That was uh, Eat and Serve uh, with uh, my man Eddie Lockjaw Davis on uh, tenor sax, uh, Shirley Scott on organ, Arthur Edgehill on the drums, uh, George Dovar on the bass, 
and you had Jerome Richardson on that baritone, man, and they were definitely heating it up yeah. and doing some soul jazz there, Larry. Yeah, that's for sure. That was beautiful, man. I love the way that sounded. It really got into that really, uh, really oh, yeah. deep. Yeah. yeah, and it's such uh, uh, synergy, such yeah, yes, working yes. harmony with that <clears throat> tenor sax and that organ, man. Yeah, and they yeah. were dancing together, brother. There you dancing go. Dancing together. That's it. <laughs> wow, man. Yeah, I loved it. Yeah, Larry, man, it's that time, brother. I hear you, man. Man, I'm I'm glad you were here. Glad to be here. Yeah, I hope you enjoyed it. Loved it. Yeah. And I hope you folks out, out there enjoyed this podcast. Uh, we featured uh, a number of artists, Lou Donaldson, Dinah Washington, and Eddie Lockjaw Davis. And uh, we're going to go out on a piece by Eddie Lockjaw called In the Kitchen. But as always, folks, uh, until the next time, Peace and love. And thanks for listening. Shelly Scott.